Well, today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about how pain can be used as a tool to recover faster from running injury. So the big question is this, how are runners like us, who don't like hearing doctors say, just stop running, who know that we simply have to stay active, how do we heal in a way that lets us stay strong, maintain our running fitness, and keep preparing for the next race, and still heal without making the injury worse? Well, that is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Dr. Christopher Segler, and welcome to the Doc on the Run podcast. Pain is a tool to recover faster from running injury. Now, today, we're going to help you understand how a runner should measure pain in the injury recovery process. But you have to realize, first and foremost, you and your perception of pain are not normal. Let's face it, runners are not normal. Runners' pain levels are also not normal. The things that you do as a runner just are not normal. You go out, you run long distances, you do things normal people will not do. And because of that, runners lack the sensitivity to pain that normal patients actually feel. Now, these are all advantages when it comes to training and racing, but they are disadvantages when it comes to healing. But don't worry, there is a flip side to this equation that is a little more positive. You know, runners have better somatic awareness than normal patients. What I mean by that is you can feel nuances in the way your feet hit the ground and the way your legs feel when you are not having the best day. In a sense, you feel musculoskeletal sensations better than the average patient. Now, if you want to get back to running sooner, you need to advance your activity faster than the average patient. You also have to have a way to maintain the maximum level of activity your healing tissues can withstand without causing further tissue damage and without impeding the healing process. So if you're a runner and you want to heal an overtraining injury that may normally take six to eight weeks to heal, then you have to think carefully. Do you really want to just sit around and let your fitness vanish while you wait for a month or a month and a half or two months for that one injured part to heal? I mean, it is possible to heal an injured structure without losing all your fitness, but the only way that can happen is if you maintain the activity that supports and strengthens everything else. Now, there's a fine line between healing while your fitness diminishes and healing while simultaneously advancing your fitness. Uh, here's the problem. You cannot evaluate this with an x-ray. You cannot evaluate it with an MRI or a CT scan or any kind of fancy test. However, if you understand the basics of how tissue heals, then you will quickly realize that there will be some response which indicates whether or not you're doing too much activity. Pain, bruising, and swelling are the most reliable indicators of too much tissue damage. A bruising is the worst sign. If you do any activity and you get an increase in bruising, that means that you did so much tissue damage that you actually had bleeding underneath the skin. Well, clearly, that indicates way too much stress on the injured tissue. A second on the list is swelling. If you do too much activity and then the next day you have an increase in swelling in your foot, then you definitely did too much activity the day before. Both bruising and swelling are signs that you just did too much. This isn't really complicated. If you keep doing those things that cause the bruising and swelling, you will definitely increase the damage to the healing tissue and delay your recovery. Now, the thing is, though, is that pain is a much more sensitive indicator. When it comes to healing and trying to figure out that line between too much activity and not enough activity, pain really is your guide. Normally, doctors tell patients that they should 
you know, evaluate their pain and rate it on a scale of one to 10. So a pain level of one is minimal discomfort, almost unnoticeable. A pain level of 10 would be excruciating. You know, think of somebody chopping off your leg with a dull ax. Now, interestingly, in the last 15 years or so, I don't think I have seen a single runner with any injury who actually said they had a 10 out of 10 pain level. I even saw a woman one time who fell in her apartment. She broke her tibia in half. And when I saw her, she was laying on the floor and she only called it an eight out of 10 pain. So the reason you and most runners don't seem to note a high level of pain when injured is that you, as a runner, have learned how to tune out pain and ignore it. You know, you try to ignore pain when you do hill repeats. You ignore pain when you run stairs and you tune out pain and try to focus when you do speed work. And of course, you shut out the painful noise in your leg when you're finishing a marathon. Now, through the magic of neuroplasticity, you have basically habituated yourself to downcode your pain, but you still have to try to look for it. You have to identify it and you have to rate your pain consistently and accurately if you want to stay active and keep healing. You have to know where the line is. You have to be able to recognize the pain. You have to know that pain level and you have to know what that pain level is that could actually be causing damage. So an increase in pain obviously signifies more stress and probably more tissue damage to the healing injury, but a decrease in tenderness signifies healing and increased stability that can justify a slight increase in your activity level. But you have to look for the small changes in your pain level to make that call. So that's the thing is, you know, you have to think about this, right? As a runner who has learned to ignore high levels of pain, this job can be really difficult, but it's absolutely necessary if you really want to advance your fitness ahead of schedule. So your job in looking for pain and soreness is to put a number on it. Now, it doesn't really matter what the number is, but you have to be able to rate it consistently. So let's say if you think your pain is a three out of 10, but then the next day you notice you actually have swelling in your foot, well, you did way, way, way too much activity and you were causing enough tissue damage to get rebound inflammation and swelling. So my guess is that a normal patient probably would have called that three out of 10 level of discomfort, so something more like a seven, eight or nine out of 10 pain. Now, over and over runners tell me that they don't really have pain, but they only have some kind of discomfort. Well, you can call it whatever you want, but you have to be able to assign a level of pain or a level of discomfort that you can actually track. Uh, just yesterday, I was doing a phone consultation with a runner who was trying to figure out whether or not she could transition off of her crutches. So she had a serious injury. She's trying to get it to calm down. And she tried walking around and putting 25% of her weight on the injured foot, even while it was protected in a fracture walking boot. So she said, I didn't have any pain at all. She said, I wouldn't really call it pain. It was really just discomfort. But then the next day she noticed that she actually had swelling in her foot when she woke up. So my guess is her description of discomfort would be definitely described as pain by a normal patient. I mean, obviously she had swelling, so she must've done something that was really too much pressure on it. Now here's the interesting thing, right? Of course, her question to me was, okay, should I just keep going with the crutches and the 25% of weight on my foot since it was only discomfort? Of course, my answer was no way. You felt like it was only discomfort, but you had swelling indicating that that discomfort was enough trouble to stimulate an inflammatory response. And that's not a good thing. You will not heal with a continuing inflammatory response. So you have to back off if you see swelling. In a similar way, you have to back off if you feel pain or whatever you call it, discomfort, and it's causing a problem. 
So if she feels like 25% pressure causes a two out of 10 pain level, then her job is to realize that two out of 10 pain on her pain scale is too much. She needs to start looking for a decrease to a 1.8 out of 10 pain. And although it may seem tedious to look for the very small changes in the pain level as you progress, I can promise you it is worth the effort. You only have a couple of options when you're healing a running injury. This is crucial. Now one option, the first option, the normal option is to wait the prescribed six to eight weeks and let that metatarsal stress fracture, the sprained ankle ligaments, or your Achilles tendon, whatever it is that's injured, let it completely heal. Now, if you do that, you will completely decimate your running fitness and it will take months to earn your running fitness back. I mean, think about that. If you have an off season, most runners freak out when they think about taking a couple of weeks off. Can you imagine taking a couple of months off completely? Now, the other option is to figure out how to start strengthening all of the non-injured structures sooner. The only way to do that is to move them and use them without causing further tissue damage to the healing bone, tendon, or ligament. But you have to keep everything else healthy if you don't want to lose your fitness. So pain is your guide in that process. As soon as your pain level decreases, you have a clear indication that the tissue is healing. There's a little bit more collagen stabilizing the injury. If you have a little bit more inherent strength with that collagen stabilizing it, you can move just a little bit more without sustaining any damage because basically it's a little bit stronger. If you push it just a little bit too far and you can recognize the subtle differences in discomfort or pain, then you know where the line is and you know when to back off. You have to pay attention. You have to keep track. You have to look for the subtleties and the changes in your pain level. But if you do that, you will get back to running sooner. What's a virtual doctor visit? The idea of not running at all while waiting for my foot to heal was simply depressing. I really needed a second opinion from an expert, someone who specializes in helping runners. What you'll get from Dr. Segler in my experience is expert runner and medical care that's individualized for your needs. I'm left with actionable steps to recover from my injury. Dr. Segler is different and I felt heard, didn't feel patronized, and I felt like he prioritized getting me back to running as soon as possible as much as I did. I just couldn't see sitting around for six weeks knowing my hard-earned fitness would vanish. I know Dr. Segler is an expert and I wanted to see him in person. But frankly, I just couldn't afford the cost of a house call. I saved enough money to pay for my next marathon registration. You have an appointment with Dr. Segler, whether it's via Skype or on the phone. You can expect, one, he's going to be on time. Two, he's going to be able to spend more time with you than the typical uh, visit in a doctor's office. And both of those are going to result in a more effective diagnosis and treatment plan for you. I'm a young woman in the Philippines and I hurt my ankle yesterday. I just wanted to say thank you and that it's such a relief to be able to find a website like yours and get some information when I'm in a place with uh, little to no medical care. So I just wanted to call and say thank you. You're awesome. Book a virtual doctor visit and get a second opinion online today. If you have a question that you would like answered as a future edition of the Doc on the Run podcast, send it to me. And then make sure you join me in the next edition of the Doc on the Run podcast. Thanks again for listening.